Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Get Italian Football News podcast. I'm your host, Sam Brooks. Uh, today I'm joined by Francesco Amesbury. How are you doing, Francesco? I'm good, thanks, Sam. Good to be here. Excellent. And how are you doing, uh, James Brook? How are you? I'm good, thank you, Sam. Yep, just had a nice day at the, the Yorkshire Sculpture Park. So fresh and, uh, and raring to, to get into some, some calcio action. A crazy couple of days for you then, because I'm, I'm assuming you were watching Serie A yesterday as well. So. Of course. Had to cool off. There we go. Um, well, we're going to start with last night's action, uh, because, of course, it was the top four race. Uh, there were two spots up for grabs, um, but the three teams going for, hit for it, we had uh, AC Milan, we had Napoli, and we had Juventus. Um, we're going to start with AC Milan. They had to win against Atalanta, away at Atalanta, to guarantee their spot. They did just that, getting a 2-0 win, two penalties uh, from Frank Kessier. Um, Francesco, I'm going to come to you first. What were your thoughts on the game overall and the two penalty decisions? Because I know that there was a little bit of controversy with those two. Um, I was impressed with Milan. I think um, a few weeks ago I said that one of the one of their downfalls had been the fact that they could only play a certain way. They they just are a very good attacking side and they weren't particularly solid and that they've been caught out with that a few times. But actually in the last few weeks, they've shown that they can be a bit more patient, they can be a bit more solid, and, and we definitely saw that um yesterday. Um I think even though Atalanta had more possession in the first half, Milan didn't really look in too much trouble. Um and, you know, they built their success on that defensive stability. Um, in terms of the penalty decisions, I think I agree with the first one. Um, I think that was a penalty and I'm not sure about the second one. Um, I think it, when, when the deflection is so close to the player, uh, you know, I don't really think Gozens makes an attempt to move his arm towards the ball um, but you know, I guess to the letter of the law, it can be interpreted as a as a as a foul, as a penalty. So, yeah, I'm I'm not sure about it. I think the first one probably was a penalty because uh, I think um, I think it was Mailer. Uh, there is contact with with uh, Castellico, and there's no he doesn't touch the ball. So, but yeah, the second one I'm not sure about. Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, I I thought the second one shouldn't have been a penalty. I know Robin Gossens has had two handballs against him actually the last two weeks. Um, first one against Genoa, I thought was, was fair enough, but this one was very, very harsh. Um, what about you, James? Um, as we said, I think a lot of people were concerned for Milan going into that game that maybe they'd blown their chance against Cagliari the previous weekend. Were you impressed by how sort of stable at the back they were? I don't think Atalanta had that many clear-cut chances, which is really rare for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it had to be a, a big performance and we should maybe stop being surprised by Milan because they do keep coming up and, and showing us that they do have a bit of metal and they're not just going to fold when uh, when things get tough. I was concerned that they'd thrown it away just purely because uh, Napoli's fixture looked, looked more favourable. I did think that Juve would, would beat Bologna comfortably because they've been kind of on the beach for weeks now um, so I, I did think that the Milan would miss out and uh, I think it's great that they've managed to do it in the end because we all, I think we all want to see them back in the Champions League 
Um, it's a club that should be there, albeit it's not obviously anywhere close to the the kind of the teams that we've seen in the past. Um, but I'm really pleased that they managed to, to see it out because it would have been really a huge blow, I think, for the club, for the fans, if they had have missed out after the season they've had. So impressive performance. I mean, Atalanta as well, obviously, had secured their place next season. You could look at it from that point of view. They were maybe going slightly easier, but I don't think that was the case in the end. That's not in Gasparini's nature. It's not in that team's nature. So um, I was very impressed and, and really pleased in the end that they could see it through. But again, I was, I was disappointed for Napoli because I think they did everything that they could have done um, to get through. It almost seems like a real injustice. That, that I'm sure everybody was kind of hoping Juve were going to um, miss out in the end. So it feels kind of uh, a little harsh on Napoli to miss out, but uh, that's the way it is. It was so tight in the end, just two points between second and, and fifth, I think, in the end. So somebody had to miss out. And, and I'm pleased it wasn't Milan, but I do feel for Gattuso and for Napoli. Yeah, with, with Milan, of course, they end up in second place. Uh, they were in that top two for most of the season and and they're actually only outside the top four for five days of the whole season, I think. So I think it's fair to say that they were worthy of their place. Uh, just touching on Atalanta, Francesco, a tough final week for them. Of course, they lost the Coppa Italia final last Wednesday and then slipping down to third uh, with this result. But how do you sum up their whole season? An another season for them to be proud of? Um, or is there a slight risk that they're becoming the nearly men at the moment and, and they do just need that extra push to get that bit of silverware? Um, I think it's another fantastic season. I think you can't really look at it. And another way, calling them the nearly men would be a bit harsh if you consider the, the budget they're working with and yeah. just the consistency they've had. Um you know, realistically, they're, they're working on the same budgets as the teams that are fighting relegation, and yet they're able to finish uh, third. Uh, I think it's the third season in a row they'll be in the Champions League. Um, I think the thing that's most impressive, that's most impressed me about them this season is the turnover of players. I think sometimes you get these teams that have, um, you know, they, they qualify for the Champions League because a little bit by luck and a little bit by planning, they end up with these fantastic players. We saw that, I think, with Gomez and with Ilicic, these, these amazing players that kind of ended up at Atalanta and had their best years at Atalanta. And that's kind of driven the team on, but but it's not. It's absolutely not about them. It's, the whole team is solid and they've, and they've turned over those players. So we've seen Gomez leave. I thought that was going to be, you know, I thought that was going to be a terrible decision not not decision, I suppose, because the way it worked out, but I thought it was going to be bad for Atalanta that such a high-profile player who'd been so important for them left. But it just hasn't been the case. Uh, you know, we've seen players like Malinowski step up. We've seen players like Pessina step up. And also Jurian Zapata, players who maybe weren't central to their success in, in the previous two years have, have become absolutely to the fore for them. And, and we're seeing this turnover of players. There's new players every year. So I think the fact it's you know it's a project that seems to have longevity. That they're obviously planning well. I think they've got they must have a good scouting team because they're bringing new players and they also seem to be working out for them. So I think that's the thing that's most impressive about them: the fact that they've been able to maintain the success, qualified again for the Champions League, and they've done it with with new players. It seems like you know they can keep on going. I absolutely agree with that. I think the danger is now that, and I don't think there's any suggestion of this from Atalanta fans, although, I mean, I can't speak for them. I don't know any personally. Um, but I don't think the, the danger, obviously, when a team starts to perform consistently above its station is that the fans 
get um, complacent with that kind of success and they forget where they've kind of come from. Um, but I, I don't think there's any suggestion that Atalanta and the club itself and the fans are getting getting to that point. I think it's amazing that, they've, they've, you know, they've come third. I think that's absolutely incredible. Again, and like Francesco says, every decision that they make regarding recruitment um, and players coming up from the youth team or who to sell and when to sell. Um, every decision seems to be right. Every decision seems to be thoroughly thought through. And every decision just seems to be absolutely spot on for what they need at the time. So I think it's, it's difficult with a project like that to see where the end goal is in a way, just because this is possibly, I know we talk about them being the nearly men and, and it's right, they had a chance, I thought, this season to go for the title. Obviously, that's probably unrealistic, but where is the end goal of that kind of project? Because they've probably reached it now um, before they have to change the model and start uh, changing the wage structure, start getting uh, more superstar signings in. If you want to go to that next level, that's probably what you have to do. So, you know, they have to ask the question, are they comfortable with what they're doing to keep on going that way? Or do they want to push, take that next step? And I think sometimes you've, you've got to be careful what you wish for with that, haven't you? Yeah, it will be interesting to see. Um, I think the last couple of seasons, they've been a bit let down by the start to the season they've made. So I think uh, it'd be fascinating to see if they can make a, make a strong start um, to next season. Uh, we're going to move on, though, to the other team that made the top four, and that was Juventus. They just got there in the end. Um, very good final week for Juventus, actually. They won the Coppa Italia final against Atalanta and then um, really demolished Bologna, actually. It was 4-1. It could have been a lot more. Uh, the big news from this game was that Ronaldo didn't uh, start for Juventus. Um, I think there was talk of it being rotation. He put in a big effort uh, in the Atalanta game in midweek. What did you make of that, Francesco? And what what do you make of Juventus in the end? But will they stick with Pirlo now going into next season? Do you think? Um, I think the Ronaldo, you know, the fact that he was left out or, or, or chose to sit out is a strange one because. Um, you know, I, I've heard that it was because he he was a bit tired. I don't know if they if the, if Pirlo felt he was tired or if Ronaldo himself said he was tired. But it's the last day of the season. There's a lot riding on the game. I think it's very unlike kind of or, or, or not in keeping with the rest of Ronaldo's career for him to miss what essentially is the biggest game of the season. You know, they needed to beat Bologna yesterday, and it seems strange if he wasn't injured that he wasn't playing. Um, I mean, I don't know what that means. It could be legitimately that he was just tired and, and you know, that, that's fine. Um, in terms of Juve as a whole, I think this has been a really great week for them. Obviously, they won the cup, they got into the Champions League. But also, from what we've seen on the pitch, I think they deserve to win the Italian Cup final. They were really good against Atalanta, especially in the second half. Um, you know, they, they looked the better side and they, they could have scored more, I thought. Um, and I wasn't really expecting that before the game. And yesterday when they needed to really show up, even without Ronaldo, they absolutely did. Um, you know, the game was never in doubt and they actually played some really good stuff and and they looked a good side. Um, and I think we saw all the quality that they have in the squad um, because they really do have some really good players. Um, they haven't all performed this year, but when they do, they look excellent. Uh, I thought Dybala and Morata made a really good partnership and Kuruzowski and Kieza, who has been really good all season, also had good games. And I think something that we've said before, I think James has said this actually on the podcast is 
and and I certainly think there is some truth to this, is that when Ronaldo isn't around, I feel like other players and the manager are, are freed up by that. They are able to express themselves more. They are able to play in a way which suits their games more. And and possibly we did see that a little bit yesterday. I mean, this is this is absolutely the problem with with um, with having Ronaldo there. Is that when he doesn't play or when something like this happens, it becomes the main talking point. And and they they, they are better without him, I think. Better without him in the team, there's a more of a freedom to them. And it just it just you know they should be able to go and away on the last game of the season and beat Bologna, who, like I say, have had the feet up for for weeks now. Without Ronaldo, it shouldn't be a problem that he isn't playing. You know he's he's been all right. He hasn't been on fire the last few weeks. So for me, for him not to play is a perfectly reasonable um, decision. For for Pirlo, if he had decided not to play him, would have been perfectly reasonable. I think. I know as Francesco says, obviously that's not the nature of Ronaldo. He wants to play the biggest games. So it is strange, and it, but it does become a story when it doesn't have to be and I think Juve would be much better without that kind of sideshow um, and it, it saves them a decision really because I know that there was reports he had a, a gentleman's agreement kind of with Agnelli if they made the Europa League then he would be allowed to leave but where's he going to go? I don't understand what where he would go in that situation so it saved them a massive kind of decision in that respect um, but in my opinion it, it might have been for the best just to drop to the Europa League for a season Get Ronaldo off the books and build again with a young, young kind of core of players that they have, um, and just build from there. You know, it, it wouldn't have been necessarily. I don't think the worst thing in the world if they had have um, dropped down and then Ronaldo leaves and they say, okay, see you later. You're somebody else's problem now. I mean, that sounds harsh on him. He's the he's won the Capo Canonieri and everything, and, and he has had a good season. But it's um, for me, it, it we're better off without this kind of sideshow of um, of Ronaldo. In terms of of carrying on with Pirlo as well, I personally would. I think one of the one of the things that's been so impressive about Juve in the last nine years has been the continuity they've had. I think, uh, you know, they started off with Conte and they had that idea and they followed it through. And then when Conte left unexpectedly, I think they hired the most adaptable manager there was, who is, you know, Allegri's a smart guy and he knew he didn't need to change much. He just needed, certainly at the beginning, he just needed to carry on with what Conte was doing, which is essentially what he did in those first couple of seasons. It brought success. And then he built something else on top of that. But all the way through, you see this content, you've seen this continuity with Juventus. You've seen a clear idea and they've tried to be as consistent as possible. And I think that is absolutely where football clubs become successful when they, when they follow through with their plans and they have continuity. And in the last couple of seasons, obviously, that's all changed. Even though they won the league last year, they changed manager the year before that. When Allegri was actually doing really quite well, um, they, they got rid of him. I think Piedlaw has not had a, an amazing season this year, but we have seen, I, th I think we've seen enough to, to see that, that he has some good ideas. I think the players seem to like him. You know, I don't think anyone has a problem with Piedlaw in that team. So I think there's enough for me to think he's... And, and realistically, he's done quite well. You know, he's won two trophies. He's he's got back into the Champions League. I think there's enough there to to think that he could build on top of this. So the only the only situation where I would change if I was Juve now is if they had lined up a really amazing manager. You know, someone who is almost going to guarantee them success. I'm talking about the level of Guardiola or maybe someone like Jurgen Klopp. You know, the best managers in the world. Maybe someone like Antonio Conte. If, if you're talking about switching him out for for someone like that then possibly there'd be uh, reasons to do it. But if 
if it's not a, a manager of that caliber, then I don't think there's any need for Juve to change. And I do think that Pirlo has the potential to, to, to be successful with this side. Yeah, sorry, Sam. I, don't, I know you, we want to get into um, the awards and stuff. I just want, I think it's a really important point because obviously they knew the, the direction they were going in at the start of the season. They knew that. They knew that they might not be a Scudetto winning season. They might have to drop down a little bit. And if you take the season as a whole, OK, there have been moments where uh, Pirlo's looked a little bit lost. But that's to be expected. It's his first season as a, as a manager. I don't think they lost back-to-back games over the whole season, apart from, um, I think, when they went out of the Champions League and they lost, I think, to Nat. Well, I don't know. They, I think, apart from one once in the season, they didn't lose back-to-back. OK, they won the Coppa Italia, which on the base of it, you'd say, OK, Juventus win the Coppa Italia. It's nothing particularly special. But they beat Inter in the semis. They beat Atalanta in the final. That's no mean feat. Um, you know, the, the top four would have been kind of the bare minimum. And I think it's it, to a club like Juventus, if you're not going to win the title... It doesn't matter whether you come second, third or fourth, just get, in, get into the Champions League. Um, that's fine. You know, I think he's, he's achieved what they probably expected him to achieve. And he's done that with, with the constraints of, um, of having kind of Ronaldo in there. I know, again, that sounds stupid, but I think uh, they'd be absolutely silly to, to let him go at this point, really. Once have stuck through some difficult moments in the season. Um, and I think it's going to be great to see next year how he does grow again. Um, I think it's interesting, well, with Ronaldo, he hasn't been able to get that proper playing style because he's had to shoehorn him in. Once he gets that down and he starts to figure out his squad a little bit better, has another transfer window, I think we'll uh, we'll see a, a different Juventus next season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, especially with Juventus being one of the three rebel clubs who still haven't um, turned their back on the European Super League, whether they will actually even be allowed to compete in the Champions League now that they've made it. But uh, we shall see. Um, Moving on to Napoli, they are the team who are unlucky to miss out. I'm going to stick with you, James, on this one, because I know you've got a soft spot for them. They were only able to draw one all with Verona, so just one goal away from seeing it through. What do you make of Napoli? And, and it's been confirmed that Catuso's moving on now as well. So what, what do you make of their whole situation? Yeah, like I said before, I think they, they couldn't have done much more than they did. Obviously, to get kind of, what, 77 points, I think, and miss out on Champions League, that's uh, that's incredible, really. So, I don't think they could have done too much more. I think it's um, disappointing for them to miss out again um, on Champions League, but I don't think it, it's the end of the world. I think they've got a really, really good especially attacking um, Arsenal there. Aussie men will be back, hopefully fit for a full season um, next year. And I don't know who they're bringing in. Has there been any, I don't think there's been a, there hasn't been a confirmation, has there? But No, it, it, it was, there was a lot of rumours it was going to be Luciano Spalletti. I've also seen today um, Felipe Conceição. Um, yeah. The Porto manager, sorry, is it, is it Felipe or Sergio Conceição? Sergio Conceição, sorry. Um, the Porto manager, who of course um, knows how to get the better of Juventus. So, I mean, what, yeah, that's true. I mean, what so I mean, I've heard him rumored as well, but but you know, we saw with Roma, nothing's done until it's set in stone. So yeah, no no uh, official announcement yet, as far as I'm aware. Well, what's, I mean, I don't know if there is an answer to this. What's stopping Sarri going back there? You know, that would be a huge story, wouldn't it? And that would be a, a fantastic narrative for, for City and something that, you know, you could see happening with this kind of squad. Uh, obviously, quite a, a core of it is still there from Sarri. It's only been, what, kind of three years, two, three years since he was there. So, 
what if he could come back in again and, and uh, re-energise them with players like Ossiemen as well, Lozano, I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Well, I think the, the issue there possibly would be what's his relationship like with De Laurentiis yeah, at the moment. Uh, we saw De Laurentiis announce Gattuso's departure about 15 minutes after the game yesterday. I think there was a fair bit of emotion in that. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because that Napoli squad, as you say, there's some really good players in there. Um so th there's a lot to work with. Um, we're going to quickly touch on the bottom half of the table before we move into the second half of the show. Um, Benevento have, have been relegated to Serie B, Francesco. We hoped it would go to the final day. It somehow didn't. Somehow Lazio didn't win that game last Tuesday, um, missing a penalty, hitting the post in the dying seconds. What, what do you make of it? Are you a bit sad to see Benevento go straight back down? Yeah, I you know especially after the kind of first half of the season when they looked uh, a really decent side, they they picked up some good wins, but in the end, I think it's deserved. They've had a pretty catastrophic second half of the season. I think the only in kind of I don't know how many games they've only beaten Juve. That's the only team they've managed to beat. I think they've lost kind of uh, that's the last the other the only other game they won before that is kind of eighteen games ago or something you know, a long, long time ago. So they've just had a terrible second half of the season. Um, and, you know, uh, Torino have managed to stay up. Uh, I suppose that's that's good for them. Uh, but they've had a really disappointing season as well. Um, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think, it, you know, it is a shame that Benevento go because I, I think Filippo Inzaghi, a little bit like Pirlo, he's got some good ideas. I think uh, he's he's also done well going down. You know, after a difficult start to his managing career, struggling at Milan, he he went down into the divisions and he's had he's had some good success and he brought Benevento up last season. Um, but this year, for whatever reason, in the second half of the season, they just haven't been able to do it. It's been a bit sort of the opposite of the last time Benevento were in Syria. Actually, they were so bad in the first half of the season a couple of years back. Um, and then actually did okay the second half, but the damage was done this time. Had a very good first half of the season, mid-table, and then fell away. So, a shame to see them go. Um, but hopefully they, they, they will be back again and, and third time lucky for them. Um, we're going to move in uh, into the second half of the show. And this is the awards section. Uh, so over the last week, um, I hope you're all aware that we've been running a poll on, on I think, separate, seven different categories uh, of awards um, for Serie A this season. And we're going to start with the Serie A goalkeeper of the season. Now, James, um, our voters... Uh, our voters have voted quite um, quite emphatically for Gianluigi Donnarumma as the best goalkeeper in Serie A this season. About sixty percent of the vote, I believe. Uh, other other candidates were Juan Musso at Udinese, uh, Wojciech Szczesny at Juventus, and Alessio Cragno at Cagliari. Any qualms with uh, Donnarumma getting it for you, and and any other names that you'd throw into the mix there that? that have had good seasons in between the sticks this year? I think this is a fairly routine one, to be honest. I mean, I think Handanovic is, is a little bit unlucky to miss out there. I know he's not the most glamorous name in the in the, in the division, but he's uh, he's had another solid season. He's joined, I think, with Donnarumma for the clean sheets. Um, obviously, I know a lot can be put down to those in, in front of him in that sense. He did make one or two big errors 
towards the end of the season, which I think has possibly counted against him there. But yeah, I think Donnarumma is, is difficult to argue with. Milan have, have been excellent um, defensively, and he's been obviously a huge part of that, a leader for them as well, um, despite his still amazingly young age. So yeah, I I think that's a fairly straightforward one. I think that the Get Italian Football News uh, followers have been quite uh, quite correct on that one. Yeah, of course. Um, Handanovic is worthy of a mention there, I think. I know um, he's getting on a bit now. I think he's 36. Um, but he's with, been with Inter for about the past decade or so. And, you know, through some tough times with the club, they won the league this season. So uh, I don't think he's been as bad as some people make out. So a fair no. comment there, James. Um, Donna Rumor, I'll touch on with you, Francesco, because I know, you know, we were sort of thinking, well, if they get the Champions League, he might stay. Do you think he will now stay at Milan now that they've secured a top four finish? Um, I hope he stays. And I think there is a chance. Um, apparently, he was leading the celebrations yesterday on the way home on the bus. Uh, you know, he, he's a big character. And you could see that it really meant a lot to him on the, on the pitch after the game. Um, and I think Milan are, are, good, are already or are going to make him a very decent offer. Um, I just don't know how influential his his agent is. You know, we all know, you know, Raiola likes his players to to move around so that he can pick up huge sums of money as part of the deals. I think that's that's pretty clear. And um, I think there is a, a strong possibility that Donnarumma might go in somewhere else. Could probably earn two or three or five million more if he went to to another league and played for for kind of one of the the biggest clubs in Europe. But I really hope that that he decides to stay because I do feel that Milan, you know, it was a big deal for Milan getting into the Champions League and they have some really great young players of which he is one who could, you know, take Milan back up to, to challenging for Serie A and being a force in Europe. So I, I hope he stays. I think he will stay and I think... He... It might be for a lack of options, unfortunately, which is never really the reason you want a player to stay, especially one of such influence. But I think if it was two or three summers ago, you know, you see uh, Liverpool needed a top keeper, Chelsea needed a top keeper. I don't really see um, Real Madrid needed a top keeper. I don't see where the need is um, for any of the, the really top teams at the moment. So apart from Inter, maybe, but obviously that's that's not, not going to happen. So um I don't know. I don't see where else the PSG are covered and nicely. Navas has done well. Like I say, Real Madrid are covered. Atletico are covered. Um, City, Liverpool. I don't see where he could go, really. So I think it'd be a bit stupid to um, to push a move through at the moment. Yeah, I think the, the only thing to say there is most of those clubs that you mentioned, their goalkeepers are, are sort of late 20s, early 30s. If you're looking for a goalkeeper for the next 15 years, you're probably going for Donnarumma. But, uh, I mean, there was one point yesterday in the game where, I think it was about 20 minutes to go and the camera cut to Donnarumma. And I think he was sort of messaging to Kier to keep focused. And I thought, he's saying that to a guy 10 years his senior. There's there's something quite special about this guy. He's a really, obviously, an, an outstanding goalkeeper. And I, I hope he stays at Milan. Uh, he was very solid again yesterday in, in a game that they needed him uh, to be. Uh, moving on to defender, Serie A defender. We we included wing backs and, and full backs in this, of course. Quite often when we mention defenders, people automatically think of centre backs. A centre back has won it. And James, um, you were saying about how the defence has been so good in front of Pandanovic. Uh, 
the the voters have gone with Milan Skriniar on this one. Is is that a fair fair one uh, for you as well? There again, difficult to to have too many issues with it. I think he's been absolutely excellent, and, and De Vries in there as well, and, and as has he. I think Bastoni, in my opinion, is. I, I I enjoy watching Bastoni play over either of them. Um, so I'm a little bit unsure why he hasn't been involved there. Um, and also Kier, you mentioned Kier. I think he's been absolutely superb for Milan. He's injected some real experience, leadership. Um, I know obviously Donnarumma shouting at him for concentration. It's surprising because he, he's often so uh, laser focused. So I think he's he's another one who probably deserves a little bit of a shout. Tamori's got the headlines um, for Milan. Um, or obviously over here, we've seen a lot of headlines, but English kind of through that English lens. Um, but yeah, deserves a, some recognition for me. If it was up to me, I think I'm saying Bastoni, actually. Um, but I can see why Skriniar's he's slightly more maybe noticeable. Um, he's a bit more um, front-footed um, in his challenges. So I can see why he's in there. But for me personally, I, uh, I'm going with Bastoni. Yeah, he uses the ball very well, Bastoni. Uh, re- really nice at bringing the ball out from defence. Um, I think for me personally, Skriniar perhaps gets it because of the improvement from last season, Francesco. I know that we saw in, in Conte's first season, he immediately went to the back three and Skriniar sort of struggled with that. Uh, it was sort of him or Diego Godin playing on that right-hand side of the back three. This season, there's been no doubt that he's in that starting lineup. Is, is he a worthy winner for you, Francesco? And, and, and do you have any other names you want to bring into the mix? Uh, yeah, he's he. I, I think any of the inter back three could have won. You know, I think they've all had really good seasons. They're the best defense in the league, and they have been absolutely crucial to to Inter winning the league. Certainly in the second half of the season. I mean, there were there were kind of there was a period when they really stepped away from everyone else when they weren't just not conceding goals into they they weren't really conceding shots at goal. I think they went through about six games in a row where the, the teams were averaging less than one shot on goal and they became such a such a good defensive unit. I, th- I agree with you, Sam, that he's one of the reasons that Screening might have won is because of the improvements since last season. Um, other other names that I'd mention uh, that maybe get a little bit overlooked, I think that Lazari at Lazio's had a really good season, um, uh, you know, and I hope he, he has a good Euros for Italy. Um, and you probably mentioned another interplayer, Hakimi. Uh, you know his his first season with the club. He's he's done pretty well, and he's he's come up with some pretty probably more <clears throat> excuse me offensively than defensively. But he's come up with some pretty big moments where he's provided important assists or, or actually scored goals. So those two as well. I mean, that's absolutely, yeah. I mean, Hakimi has been incredible, hasn't he? But yeah, it's difficult to pop him into that defender category because it's he is so offensive. Um, but if we're talking about, you know, defender of the season, if you want to put Hakimi in there, it's difficult to, to look past how influential he's been. But in terms of an actual defender, yeah, I think Francesco is right. It could have been any of those, uh, those back three. They've all been superb. Yeah, it's difficult with the wing backs in, in in terms of what category you include them in because you know we, you mentioned Hakimi on on the right wing back role there uh, with Atalanta. Robin Gossens made our poll. I believe he finished second in the poll behind Skriniar. Eleven goals from wing back is is quite sensational, um, and he's done it for the last couple of years now. So. Um, 
some some excellent defenders in Syria. Uh, of course, as, as well in that category, Stefan de Vrij came came third, uh, and Mates de Ligt. Uh, you know, Juventus haven't been that impressive this year, but he's been a standout performer for them. Uh, there, his his battle with Zapata last week in the Coppa Italia, I thought was a really good watch actually, particularly early on, <laughs> uh, a very physical battle and uh, and and not much in it to be honest. Um, onto the midfield, and this is a fascinating category. Uh, on our poll, we had Nicolo Barella, we had Frank Kessier, we had Rodrigo De Paul, and we had Ruslan Malinovsky. Nicolo Barella won the poll, Francesco. Uh, is he the best midfielder in Serie A this season for you? For me, he isn't. He isn't? Um, okay. Who are you going Yeah, for? he isn't. I think I think if I had to choose, I would be going for Frank Kessier. I think okay. I say that because I feel like Kessier has been, he's had the biggest con- contribution to his club's success out of, all the, out of all the players that you mentioned there that were in the poll. He's really showed up for Milan all season long. His, his performances have been at a really high level. And especially in the big games, um, you know, there's been quite a lot of talk about how Ibrahimovic has missed a lot of the big games and, and Milan have kind of missed that leadership. But you didn't really notice in most of them because, because of how much Kessie has become a leader in this team. I mean, he's still young and some of his performances this season, including yesterday against Atalanta, but also I think the performance at Old Trafford against Manchester United when he absolutely bossed the game. And there have been many others. In, in those moments when Milan have really needed players to step up, he's, he's absolutely been at the fore and I think he's been consistent all season long. So if I had to choose one, I'd go for him. But I'd also add that Barella probably, all the, you know, don't get me wrong, I think Barella is a fantastic player and he's had a, a very good season. He probably wouldn't be on my podium. I think there are three really? or four players, yeah, that, that I'd pick ahead of him. I think Malinowski, you mentioned, has had a great season. Um, DePaul as well, especially if you consider that DePaul is playing for a team who have finished, uh, I can't remember where Udinese have finished, but, but in the bottom half of the table, um, the numbers that he's he's been registering, you know, I think he's kind of nine and nine, nine goals, nine assists, or it might be more than that. And such a high level all season long from DePaul. And I also think Zielinski, even though he he missed out on the Champions League in the end, he's had another fantastic season. Again, some some really impressive numbers kind of, again, close. I think it might be 10 and 10 for assists and goals. So Barella, you know, don't get me wrong, he's had a great season, but um, I think there are three or four other midfielders who probably deserve it a little bit more than him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick up for Barella on, a bit on this one. I mean, I, I've always been a huge fan ever since he was at, at Cagliari. Um, and I think with these ones, sometimes it's a bit easy. Um, but recency buyers can play a part in this. Malinovsky's been outstanding the last sort of two months. But I think it is a bit easy to forget how influential Barella was, particularly in that sort of Christmas period and, and, and you know, um, December, January, he was so good in that period. I know you want to come yeah, but, back, Francesco. Well, yeah. <laughs> but couldn't you, argue, couldn't you argue that his um, his performance has dipped a little bit in recent months? So you could... Yeah, no, ask I you think maybe. you could, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think you certainly could. I, I, think, I think you've got a great point with Kessier. I mean, um, and again, a bit like Scrinier, actually, the improvement he's made because I think his first couple of seasons at Milan, there was a bit of, you know, is he being used? He was being used on the right hand side of a midfield three in a four, three, three. And 
it didn't seem to work out that well under Gattuso. And, and then obviously Gianpaolo had a brief stint. But ever since Pioli's come in, this last sort of 18 months, he's reached not just a new level, but, you know, a couple more levels. He's he's outstanding now. So, um, you know, what are your thoughts on this, James? Um, there's so many good midfielders right now in Italy, aren't there? There are. I mean, you can throw other names in there. Milinkovic Savic has, has come up in the last few yeah. months and done well. Vera too, I think, at times has carried Roma on his back yeah. um, as well. But I think you're absolutely right with Kessie. I think it's easy when people look at these end-of-season polls and they look at the numbers. I think he scored 13 goals in Syria. 11 were penalties. So if you look yeah, at he that... Did, he does score pens, yeah. <laughs> You know, amazing. God, who is this guy? But if you actually watch him play, he has he has been so good. He really dominates midfield. He he's he's I think is he twenty three? Still young, isn't he? But he oh, he's he really tw- yeah twenty three or twenty four. He is yeah yeah. But he he looks like he's been playing that kind of main man in midfield role for years, and he's got everything. He doesn't just because he he has been shifted around a little bit, but he can defend. He can go forward. He can link play. I think he's exceptional, and I think you're right. There can be recency bias. And which is why I'm slightly surprised that Barella has come out on top there because he has dipped off slightly. Um, but yeah, I know De Paul. De Paul's in the in the in the poll as well, and I want to speak about him because he has been absolutely incredible. I, I know Francesca was speaking there slightly, but yeah, nine goals, nine assists, and just watch him play. If you look at the players on that list. Tell me who you would pay kind of um, the entrance fee to, to turn up and watch. And for me, the only one is, is Rodrigo De Paul. He's absolutely what a player to watch play. So as, as you said there, James, yeah, um, some, uh, De Paul certainly is an, an excellent player to watch. Uh, when he was taken off yesterday, he was crying on the bench, which sort of suggests that's probably his last game for Udinese. Uh, Francesco, where would you like to see him end up next season, if he is going to leave? I, I, you know, under Paul, I just hope he stays in Italy. I think he would, you know, he'd be a great acquisition for any of the any of the clubs who are going into the Champions League next season. Um, I, you know, I think he would be really interesting at Inter because I think he would possibly suit Antonio Conte's football quite well, uh, possibly more so in terms of, you know, just on a technical level, more so than Ericsson because I think De Paul is a little bit more dynamic. I think. He's the kind of player who will go beyond the strikers as well. And he will, you know, take it past people, which Ericsson doesn't always do, you know, creating that numerical superiority. I think that's important for contest football. And it's possibly somewhere where Inter, especially in the Champions League, if you think back to the Shakhtar games where they weren't able to score in, in two games, that's the kind of game where DePaul could make a difference. So that's probably where I think, you know, his him if if he went somewhere, that'd probably be the most interesting kind of matchup for me. But I think I just hope that he stays uh, in Italy. I think that would be good for the league. And um yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think he is attached to Udinese. Um but yeah, I do think that if if people have got the money to buy him, then he is kind of the number he's going to be number one on many people's lists. I just like to say quickly about Kessier as well. Um, you know, we spoke quite a bit about how Donnarumma was might leave Milan. I think, for me, the most important thing for Milan this this summer is that they keep Kessier. I think if if the other guys leave, Ibrahimovic, Teranandes, um, uh, Donnarumma himself, it doesn't matter. The main thing is they keep Kessier because I think he is someone that they can build a team around for kind of years to come. Yeah, I think I think the three uh, Milan players that, that are most in focus at the moment are Donnarumma, Chalanoglu, 
and Kessier. And, and as you say, um, Kessier is such an important player to keep hold of. And now that they've got Champions League, hopefully he will stay. Um, and if, if Depaul does go to Inter, what a midfield that could be with Barella, Brozovic and, and Depaul. What a great trio. Um, on to Serie A, forward of the year. There's some great contenders here. Uh, we've got... Luis Muriel, who's had shades of the Brazilian Ronaldo this season. We've had Simi, who scored 20 goals for a relegated side. We've had Lorenzo Insigne, who is a little magician, as we all know. But none of them have come anywhere near Romelu Lukaku in the poll this year. Um, he's got about 81% of the vote. Um, James, is, is that fair? Has, has, has Romelu Lukaku been a, been a standout striker for you this season? I mean, he has. I mean, I don't think he should be getting eighty-one percent of the polling. Now, what what Luis Muriel's doing down at the bottom there? I have no idea. It's it's Lukaku has edged it for me, but Muriel has been absolutely sensational. Look at his goals per minutes ratio. Not just that. Look at how creative he's been. The goals he's laid on. He deserves to be pushing Lukaku all the way. Um, but yeah, Lukaku is difficult to argue with, really. I know he's tailed off slightly um, towards the back end of the season, but he, he was so important in dragging into um, closing that gap to Milan and then just ploughing onwards past that. Not just his goals, not just even his partnership with Lautaro. I think his personality and, um, you know, we saw that video of in training doing, um, I think it was Conte and uh, Lautaro, wasn't it? They had the falling out and they did the the kind of the, the boxing match and, and, uh, and Lukaku was there with the microphone and everything. I think he, he's got that personality and that's so important. And I know that's not technically what we're looking for in forward of the season, but he... Um, in every respect, he deserves it. You know, if you most goal contributions, that, that's what people like to look for these days, isn't it? And he's come out on top of that as well. Um, so I know he didn't pip Ronaldo to the to the Capo Conanieri, and, and he'll be unfortunate. Well, he'll feel aggrieved, Ronaldo. I'm sure that he's been uh, missed off our list. Um, but yeah, it's difficult to argue with with big Rom. Yeah, of course. There's so many players that do miss this list. You've got you've got Ronaldo, as you say, Immobile. Vlahovic, who's done so well at Fiorentina. Yeah. Francesco, what, what what are your thoughts on this? Um, Lukaku, a worthy winner, but but plenty of other names um, that that deserve to be in the mix. Would you say? Yeah, um, I I agree with James. I think Lukaku uh, because he's probably had the biggest impact on the season of any other player in, in any team. I think certainly he's been Inter's most important player, and and no one has kind of decided who won the league this year more than, than Lukaku. So, yeah, he's a worthy winner. A couple of players I'd mention who, who probably get a little bit overlooked in this kind of list because they're not really strikers or midfielders is, I think, Domenico Berardi. He he deserves a, a mention. I think he's had another fantastic season and um, a little bit like Gosen's, you know, a season on season with him. He's, he's very consistent and I really hope he has a good Euros for Italy, I think. He's uh, 17 goals, seven assists, so he's he's been in really good form. And uh, also Henrik Mkhitaryan. Um, he's had a good season for Roma, and you know in the end he was decisive. His goal yesterday got him into the into the Euro Conference League. So, um, and again, 13 goals, 10 assists, another solid season, and not someone that that probably you know we we thought of when we were when we were putting the poll together, but definitely both worth mentioning. Those guys. 
Yeah, I also want to bring another name in who's who's maybe even slightly more left field. Um, and he is kind of a forward, not really. Ante Rebic, I think uh, we're going to talk about signing of the season. I know he technically wasn't signed this season. He was made permanent uh, in this summer. But he's... How they picked him up for 4.5 million or something around that, it's astonishing. He is great to watch. He scores absolute stunners uh, every other week, it's, it feels like. And he, he's so bullish, he's aggressive. He scored kind of 11 goals this season, which, again, you talk about Muriel for, for minutes played. And Rebic hasn't, hasn't been a, a starter all the time. So for him to pull out kind of double figures, I think for the second year in a row, is uh, is impressive. And he he's hopefully going to get a bigger role to play next year because I think every time they've had to rely on him or they've counted on him, um, say Ibra's been out or um, Liao's been hit and miss or what have you, and Mandzukic hasn't really worked, Rebic has kind of stepped up and, and scored quite a fair few goals. So, yeah, maybe not nowhere near forward of the season, but someone who's uh, worth mentioning, I think. Yeah, so mentioning of course we haven't really mentioned Lautaro Martinez, uh, Lukaku's yeah. strike partner, um, who's had a very good season and he's particularly very good in the big games. He steps up uh, with some very important goals for Inter. Um, from, from a landslide victory to the closest one, um, I don't think the poll's actually closed on Twitter yet. So, guys, you can still vote if you want. Um, but Syria under 23 has closed on the website. Um, and it's a very narrow victory for Alessandro Bastoni, uh, Francesco, uh, just ahead of Dusan Blahovic with Federico Chiesa in third and Musa Barrow fourth. Um, some really good young players coming through in Serie A. Would Bastoni also get the nod in your view or, or Blahovic or, or someone else? Uh, yeah, I would go for Bastoni. He, he'd be my choice for that award. I think he, I'd say he's already the best central defender in the world at, in terms of distribution. I don't think there are any better than him. And as a defender as well this season, I think he's improved a lot. I think Possibly that was an area of his game where there were a couple of question marks about him, you know, in previous years. But this season, we've seen as part of the best defence in Italy how, how solid he's become. Also for Italy, I don't know if you if you saw the game when it's played Poland uh, recently, and he kind of marked. Um, I can't remember this. who's the guy who plays for Bayern Munich. <laughs> Lewandowski. Lewandowski. Yeah. <laughs> how can you forget? How can you forget Lewandowski? Yeah. Well, he he um, he basically marked Lewandowski at the game, and I think. He is just set up to become such a good player. He's only he's still only 22, I think. So, yeah, I, I would vote for him. But Vlaovic, uh, you know, is definitely worthy of a mention and worthy of second place. He's had a fantastic season and a, get another player who's destined for great things, I think. Yeah, with Bastoni, uh, it's going to be fascinating. Do, do you think he will start for Italy this summer? Obviously, Italy have a lot of experience in defence. He's the young guy coming through. Does Mancini trust him and, and put him in that first game, do you think? I think he has a good chance. I think one of the one of the things that will be interested in is I imagine that Mancini will probably want some experience in there. I don't know if, I don't know if he's going to start with Chiellini or Bonocci possibly as one of the centre-backs and and maybe, depending on who starts out of those two, Bastoni will be the other one. I think if, if Chiellini plays, then, you know, it's kind of two left-sided centre-backs, he probably won't play. But if Bonucci plays, then I, I think Bastoni's got a, a good chance of, of playing. And I would argue that he is probably 
technically now Italy's best defender, so he probably should start. It's, it's whether it's whether Mancini's kind of yeah not not got the courage to start him, but whether he believes enough that such a young player should be starting in that kind of situation. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, his his development has been outstanding. I remember him being on loan at Palmer a couple of years ago and he didn't really set the world alight, to be honest. Um, another player who was on loan at Palmer at the time and, and just spent time on loan at Verona this year, who I'm interested to see returning to into possibly is uh, Federico Di Marco. Um, I, I think he he could be a, a really good talent. What, what about you, James? Um with Blahovic and Chiesa, two players who've had excellent seasons, obviously higher up the pitch than Bastoni. Uh, would they get it for you or, or, or Bastoni gets it for you as well? I think DiMarco's a nice show, actually. I think he's he's been really good this season. I agree with you there. I'm gonna be, I don't know whether he's it's not an obligation to to buy it. I think he's going back to Inter. He might be loaned out again, but he's been, he's been really good. Um yeah, I mean I, I gave Bastoni, I think, defender of the year. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna Overlook him if that's okay. Um, this time I don't want to upset him, but I I think uh, you have to give it Vlaovic just for his impact. Um, I know he scored a lot of penalties, inflates the tally a little bit, but where would Fiorentina be without him? Um, possibly in Serie B is the, is the answer. He's he's been so key for them. Um, he's and, and I know just by watching some of his training videos that they've been they've been posting, he's uh, his technique is is incredible. Some of the yeah, the flicks he's doing and scoring from all sorts of angles on the training pitch. Um, he's, Have you seen the half volley from behind the goal line? Incredible, yeah, yeah, it, that. it, yeah it, that's that's I mean, a crazy one, isn't it? it? It's one thing, of course, doing that in, on the training pitch and another doing it in the games. But he's, uh, I think, he's he's a superstar again. Personality, he looks to have the right mentality. Um, so, player banging in goals like that for a team like Fiorentina, it's, it's easy to forget how young he is. Um, and again, the improvement that he showed from from last year as well. So, I'd, I think I'd give it Flaovic. Uh, Chiesa, maybe slightly unlucky. I think he's. Um, been so important to, to Juve as well. Um, Teo Hernandez is another one. You know, it's easy to forget how, how young he is. He's only 23 still as well. I know he had a, a difficult second half to the season, but he he was, if we'd have done these polls probably at Christmas time, I think he'd have probably been uh, top of everybody everybody's list. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm giving it to Vlahovic, but there's there's certainly some... some um, some great young players coming through. Musa Barrow, bottom of the list there as well, 2.7% of the votes. Probably needed to score a few more goals, if we're being honest. Um, but he's he's got potential to go again next year as well. Um, exciting times for all of those players on the list. I think in, if you, in the Bastoni question for Italy, I think he has to play, to be honest. I think he is Italy's best defender. Um, and... I, I wouldn't like to second-guess uh, Mancini, but I, if I was in his shoes, I'd play him every day of the week because he's only going to get better and he's going to be in, in that position for the next seven, eight years at least. So, yeah, why not play him now? Yeah, we'll have to see. It, it seems it probably will come down to Bastoni or Chiellini for that left centre-back position. And, of course, our Cherby's in the mix as well. Um, so that, they've got some great left-footed centre-backs, Italy. Um Serie A Manager of the Year. Ca uh, candidates that we had in our poll were Antonio Conte, Berinta, Stefano Pioli for Milan, Giampiero Gasparini for Atalanta, and Vincenzo Italiano for Spezia. Um, Antonio Conte won this poll quite convincingly, about 65% of the vote. Is that fair enough, Francesco? You know, quite often the title winner gets this, but 
you know, where does Italiano stand for you? Where does Pioli, Gasparini, any others you'd like to mention? I think all all of those managers have had, have had fantastic have had fantastic seasons, um, and they could they'd all be you know in the mix for me. I think if I'd had to choose, I wouldn't have gone for Conte. Um, I would have gone for Gasparini. I think it's it's probably testament to him that we've overlooked a bit what he's managed to achieve. But I don't think Gasparini has really made any errors this season. I think he. You know, it turned out he was right about Gomez. The he's he's done a great job of of bringing in the new players, and also Atalanta have really they've gone beyond in all competitions. They came out of a really difficult Champions League group, and were possibly a little bit unlucky uh, against Real Madrid in the last sixteen. But you know, there's no shame in losing to Real Madrid. Uh, they got to the Italian Cup final and they finished third in the league. So they've had another great season, and I think the fact that he's been able to to do all of that and uh, with, with, with the budget that Atalanta on as well, I think, you know, he deserves probably a little bit more credit. I know he gets a lot of credit, but in, in the context of this poll, probably a little bit more credit than, than the other guys. Um, you know, Italiano's had a fantastic season with Spezia, keeping them up and they play some really nice stuff. So definitely, uh, you know, worthy of being in the poll. Um, and yeah, Conte, the fact that he's he's taken into a championship is, is also really impressive. But yeah, if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd go for Gasparini. I guess the thing with Gasparini as well is is being able to sort of weather the storm middle of the season. We saw sort of October to December, Atlanta had a tough period with with the Papu Gomez drama and stuff, but they, they've managed to kick on in the second half as they always seem to do. Uh, James, how about you? Would you give it to Conte or, or a different manager? Uh, well, just on Gasparini, I think it's it's sometimes difficult to give him the credit just because he's, he's such a difficult, can be a difficult personality, isn't he? I think people don't like to give him too much credit, but it's, it's absolutely right. And it's, it's the same thing about getting blasé with, with the achievements that they've, they've had. And I think that same um, sentiment goes for, for probably De Zerbi as well as Asuolo. I think, um, again, another excellent job, probably punching above their weight and has, and has got them to eighth again, very, very close to, to a European place. Um, albeit you know the conference league, but it would have been a massive achievement. So I think he he's probably a bit unlucky to to um, to not be as recognised as he is. And Juric again has has done an excellent job um, steering Verona to mid table. You know it, it would have been I think many well, given the teams that came up, I think we all said Crotone would struggle and um, Benevento as well, and probably Spezia, but probably fourth or fifth on that list would would have probably been Hellas. So I think Juric deserves a lot of praise for for what he's done there as well. But personally, I would give it. To Conte, um, I mean, you can say Inter winning the league. It was always a lot of people would have said at the start of the season it was them or Juve. So, in that respect, it's not a it's not such a, a massive kind of shock. But I think the way that he's done it, the way that he's uh, you know they blew everybody away. They've won it by 12, 13 points or something in the end. You know, so the, they were peerless. Nobody could match them, and I think he deserves the the credit for that. Um, and I would would say Conte deserves. I don't usually like to give it to the to the title winner because I think it's often a it's an easier job than the most of the rest of the league, unless it's an exceptional season. But I think in this case, Conte does deserve it. Yeah, I, th I think James is right to mention Deserbi as well. I think it is a huge shame that he's going to be leaving the Italian league, or, or it looks. I think I think it's been confirmed that he's going to yeah. be leaving the yeah. Italian league. Uh, this summer um, and hopefully he'll be back because I think he's done a, a really good job with Sassuolo who were 
I think very unlucky, probably deserved to qualify for Europe this this season. Only only didn't qualify, I think, on goals scored or something. So it's the last five minutes, once it, so. Yeah, and they've um, you know they they're also a really great team to watch. They play some really interesting football, and losing a young manager like that, who um, also you know he put his head above the parapet when the whole uh, European Super League came out, and he was heavily criticising you know Juve and Inter Milan. So it's a shame that we're losing that kind of character and, and you know, from a technical point of view, such an interesting manager. But, you know, he's still young, so hopefully he'll be back. Yeah, and of course, one, one person not mentioned, Claudio Ranieri doing such a good job at Sampdoria this year, steered them to ninth place, I think, in the end. Um, he's, I think, it's been, I think it was confirmed over the weekend that he will be leaving Sampdoria. Um, so... Do you know, is he, is he retiring? I'm not sure, actually. Um, it seems I don't like know. a strange... If, if he is, yeah. Ranieri and Roy Hodgson in, in the space of a week, it's all too much, isn't it? Um, like, it, it can't all happen at once. But, uh, but yeah, he, he's, I think he's done a very good job under the radar with Sam Dory. I don't think that squad is anything special and they've comfortably got top half in the end. So, excellent job by the Tinker. Uh, that's what seems surprising, that he's... He's not carrying on. I mean, why yeah. Why would you not carry on with it? And it must be because he doesn't want to, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I think he wanted the Roma job again, didn't he? Yeah. He's he'll maybe he'll get Napoli. That's what the, that's what the uh, no announcement yet. He's going to Napoli or Juve. You know, Pirlo <laughs> out Ranieri in. So, who knows? To be to be confirmed. Um, then we've got Serie A signing of the year. Um I actually looked through this and I, I don't think there were that many amazing candidates, to be honest. This is maybe the weakest category. Um, we put forward Ashraf Hakimi, Federico Chiesa, Christian Romero at Atalanta and Victor Ozzyman. Um, Hakimi won this fairly convincingly. James, I know you've said you're a big fan of Hakimi. Is he a worthy winner in this category or, or do you like any of the others? Or, or have you got a, a bit of a left field one for us? I think Hakim is the only right answer here. He's been incredible. And it, and it wasn't a huge amount. It was about 45 million they paid for him in the end. And yeah, it looks a, a snip, really. They could sell him. If they wanted to sell him tomorrow, they'd, they'd probably get almost double that. So for what he's given them, I can't see anybody else. Chiesa's been a good signing as well. Um, and I did have a couple. I know I mentioned Rebic earlier on. I think he was he was a, a good snip, although he was playing last year. Lapadula for Benevento was a, was a good little bit of business as well. He got what, eight goals in the in the league. He almost kept them up, um, and I think he will be key for them next year in Serie B. He's I think he took Pesca, he got Pescara up when he was there a few years ago got nearly 30 goals so he's been there before that could end up being a really really good bit of business um but yeah you're right there wasn't too many too many I mean it was a depressed market across the whole of the continent wasn't it last summer but in Serie A particularly aside from um, I know Aussie men's managed to sneak on the bottom there I mean probably for a lack of options really he's had a, a decent season but he's, he shouldn't be in that kind of conversation for me so difficult to look past Hakimi in this one yeah, obviously, Ozzyman's missed pretty much half the season, maybe even slightly more than that through injury. But it's been very impressive when he has played um, the last couple of months. Um, Christian Romero at Atalanta, he, he got on the pole, he got third. And um, I think he's made them a bit more solid at the back, a, a bit of a 
dodgy start to life at Atalanta, but really looks the business now. What What about you, Francesco? I know you're a big fan of Chiesa. Um, does he push Hakimi close, or, or does he even get the nod in your view? Yeah, I definitely think that Chiesa is is worthy of a mention. Um, I think the thing that probably just tips it in Hakimi's favour is that Chiesa actually cost quite a bit more. But um, for me, at the beginning of the season, I was quite worried that, that Chiesa would struggle to get into the Juve side. I thought they'd spent too much money on him. And yeah, I've been proved wrong because he's had a great first season. I think he's been Juve's most important player this year. Um, I thought he might end up it might end up costing him a place at the Euros because I thought he was going to struggle to play, but um, that just hasn't been the case. I mean, and in all competitions, in the big matches, he scored the win in the Italian Cup final. When Juve got knocked out of the Champions League, he was the guy, you know, almost on his own who nearly got them into that quarterfinal, scoring all the goals. Um, and yeah, he's just been amazing. And he's done it in all kinds of different positions as well because of of the way Peter Law's changed formation. Um, he's changed formation quite a bit, but he's never chosen to drop Kiers. Like Kiers has played and he's played kind of as a left wing back. He's played as a right winger. He's played as almost as a forward. And he's been able to, to put in consistently good performances and come up with some, you know, important goals and, and assists. I think Romero as well, you're right to mention him, probably a little bit unlucky to not be considered in the as one of the best defenders, I think, because he's had a, a really good season. And I think going forward as well, he he is going to turn out to be an excellent buy. I think um, officially still on loan from Juve, but um, I think it's up to Atalanta to, to confirm the purchase. And I think it would only be something like 20 million all in. Uh, and for a, for a defender of that quality at his age, I think that's a, that is a really good buy. Yeah, he's so he's so bullish, isn't he? He's so aggressive the way he defends. He's that's what I mean about Atlanta having this excellent um, kind of recruitment, and you know they have players like like Romero on loan who who they just seem to pick up under the radar, and and then they, by the time they're they're proving themselves and they're on loan, they've already got an option or they're an obligation buy them so you know it looks like a, a great bit of business when if you paid that money for him a year or two ago it might have might have people uh, raising eyebrows but I just wanted to mention Maratta as well actually because I know we did the pod at the start of the season and I actually had him down as a worse worst signing of the season and I have to apologize Alvaro I'm so sorry it might have been a you know a repercussion of his antics at Anfield the year before because he's been he's been brilliant he's uh, really surprised me actually I think 11 goals nine assists 20 goal contributions um, and he's not always been started as well so I think he's he surprised a lot of people me included um, and I think yeah he, he should worthy of a shout possibly above Aussie men I would say for that yeah, and of course, one other signing that Juve made last summer was Dejan Kulusevski, who's had, to be fair, an up-and-down season. But at the business end of the season, I thought he was really good in the Coppa Italia final and, and pretty strong yesterday as well against Bologna. All, all four of Juventus' sort of front men were really good yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see if he can really push on and have a more consistent campaign next year. So final question, guys. This wasn't actually a category in uh, in the poll, but I want you to name your Serie A player of the year uh, across any position. Uh, so I'll come to you first, Francesco. Who's your Serie A player of the year? That is a tough question. I think I'm going to go for Kessier. I think, um, you know, because Lukaku seems like the obvious choice, but... I think it's probably fair to say that he's had a little bit more help from his teammates, whereas I think Kessier has been absolutely crucial to Milan and he's been consistent all the way through. And 
and possibly he's had a bigger impact on their season than Lukaku's had on Inter's. Although it's it's really, I mean, it's really close to say. So I don't know. I think yeah, probably Kessier for me. Yeah, and we, we we mentioned about him taking all these penalties, but how good was that first penalty yesterday? Actually, that was yeah. right in the bottom corner. Um, so yeah, an all round excellent midfielder, and and he can take a great spot kick as well. James, who are you going with? Lukaku is the obvious choice because he's the right one. I'm afraid he's he's the only choice. I know Kessie's had an excellent season, but to say he's, he's player of the year ahead of ahead of Lukaku, I think is. Uh, is a, is a little bit of a stretch. He has to be Lukaku. He's he's the symbol of that team. He drove them forward. Um, like I say, his personality, even more than anything, has has, um, has carried him through. And, and after all the criticism he took, you know, he, he had a difficult start uh, to life in Italy. He still gets criticised from from big sections of, of supporters and media over here in England. Um, and I think he's proved a lot of people wrong, really. And he's really become the player that a lot of people thought that he he could be or that he would be. Um, but yeah, it has, for me, it has to be Lukaku. Kessi, probably a, a good second. And, and Francesco's absolutely right to say that he he um, had a lot more help from his teammates, Lukaku, because Kessi really stood up in that midfield and, and again, dragged them through games as well um, at, in more tough periods than interface. So, yeah, uh, both worthy winners. But I think the only answer for me is uh, Lukaku. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's certainly two excellent candidates there um, for the two best teams in Italy, as it turned out this season. Um, so, yeah, that, that concludes the episode, guys. Um, I think the polls have closed, apart from that under-23 one. So if people do want to keep voting, then please keep voting. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We're going to do some more stuff in the run-up to the Euros, uh, which will be great, getting people to pick their Italy 11s. Um, But yeah, we shall catch you soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.